You need a little bit of nasty, don't you? They're the little battles you need to win if Munster wanted to win this game. He lives and breathes line-out. How do they pick themselves up from this? The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Subscribe to the Rugby Channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. Now you're welcome along to Wednesday Night Rugby. Our rugby coverage, as ever, is with thanks to Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Very happy to say Keith Earl is going to join us on Wednesday Night Rugby uh, this evening. He has spent the day at the Moyross Youth Academy today for the launch of the McDonald's Youth Opportunity Ireland program. Uh, so this, I suspect, is very close to his heart. This is a two-year employment and skills partnership with the Irish Youth Foundation, which will provide €200,000, and that will go to youth organisations across Ireland. So McDonald's Youth Opportunity Ireland will enable these youth organisations to deliver specialised uh, training and mentorship to 2,000 young people by 2023. So Keith Earls, uh, great to speak to you again. Great to have you back on the show. You were at the Moyross uh, Youth Academy for the day. Yeah, yeah, back to um, back to where I spent plenty of my days when I when I was younger. It's it's completely changed. You know, it's it's unbelievable the work they've done here. And um, yeah, yeah, and even meeting some of the young lads here, you know, who've come from all walks of life and um, they meet up here every day and you know they're just trying to better themselves which is great what was it like back in your day i tell you it, was, it wasn't as swanky as this now i tell you um I was down watching the lads playing soccer and they have a beautiful sports floor and indoor floor whereas we had a, a green carpet that was torn up in a couple of places but um yeah it's, it's completely different and it's and it's 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 a credit to everyone who's um, who's drove this, like you know. Are there Keith Earls posters everywhere? Is that how this works? No, that's that's something I'm actually going to give out about now. You know, yeah. um, need to get back here more often, maybe to to get myself on the wall. Would you know or recognise a few of the faces? People maybe working with the foundation at the moment. Yeah, I do. Yeah, there's there's loads down here, and even you know, it's weird. You the kids I would have seen when I was living in my Ross, you know, they were two or three or even I hung around with their fathers or their uncles or something like you know it's, yeah. you're seeing next generations but um yeah plenty plenty of um familiar faces which which is probably made almost so much easier like you know you know you're getting old in life when you're seeing people and you're saying oh yeah I used to know your father <laughs> I know I know <laughs> I met I met one of the one of the girls here she used to be down the center with us helping us out and I kind of made her feel old by saying that I had a 10-year-old child, so she, she wasn't too happy about that. So is it nice to take a break from Heineken Champions Cup, Exeter, pressure, pressure, to have a day like this in the build-up to a big game? Yeah, yeah. It's, um, you know, obviously, we, we train Monday and Tuesday. We, we have a day off today, and, yeah. you know, bet- between this and the coffee, it is, it is a great ex- escape, you know, without taking away from my rugby as well. Obviously, which is first and foremost the most important thing. But you know, getting out here isn't really work. I'm, I'm here with the lads, and mm. you know, there's a pool table outside, and having some good conversations. It's 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 brilliant, really. You know, and, and just seeing the work um, that's been done by you know the the foundation, it's it's incredible. So I didn't have one of these uh, foundations or uh, community centres to go to. In my youth, I don't remember anyway, like I played for football teams and, and, you know, different things like that. So is it kind of place kids can go to, say, after school or at the weekends, hang around, safe environment, uh, mentored maybe on the side, that kind of a vibe? Is that the plan? 
Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm, it's probably because of the area it's in as well. You know, there had been a lot of crime. Uh, you know, I just I think people in general just being misled and, you know, obviously, you know, people think they're being discriminated because of where they're from and it's 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 their own issues as well. But, yeah, it's, it's you know, they have a beautiful kitchen here, indoor soccer, the kids come here after school, there's lads outside who are trying to, to upskill um, and different jobs. The lads who are doing block lane, they're doing carpentry, they're doing toiling for when that opportunity nice. does come that, you know, they, they have the skills to go off and work in building sites or go off and work wherever they're needed, you know. Um, there's some great relationships with um, the Moiras Youth Academy and a lot of businesses all over, all over Limerick and construction and everything. So, you know, it's, it's, br- it's brilliant for the kids to give them confidence to do it in their own environment down here and then go on to a building site rather than going straight on to a building site. You know, they're teaching them good habits, getting up at half seven in the morning, coming down, doing their toiling, you know, taking a break, just just getting them ready really for, I suppose, for, for the big world or a different world as well. Yeah, okay. no doubt a lot of them go on and do very well, which is brilliant. Uh, we last spoke to you in... October and the release of your autobiography, uh, genuinely uh, a very rare reaction to that in terms of text messages into the show or tweets or comments under the video on YouTube. It really was an extraordinary uh, reaction. Have you tried to put all of that a bit behind you now and, and draw a line or is it, does it, the book still feel very alive and present to you? Yeah, it's, it's definitely still alive and present. Like the, the reaction has been incredible and you know, I suppose that's that's why I wrote the book, and you know, I'm, I'm a bit more at ease about it. Like, you know, as I said, you know, I was a bit worried about writing the book, but the response that I had was was incredible. And um, yeah, still, it's still mentioned to me every day. I still get messages and get letters every day, which is um, which is which is incredible. You know, so yeah, I'm, I'm delighted with the reaction and delighted the way it went. What are the more common sentiments? Um, just I mean, like, just people coming up randomly in the street, you know, people saying how much the book has helped them, how the book, you know, just it was like one person came up to me and said the book was like, it's Keith Earl's, is this Keith Earl's book or is it my book? You know, everything was just, um, and that's why it was more common than I, than I think, than people think as well, like, you know, and it's just trying to get the people to have that first conversation or, get people to understand that everyone struggles really like you know and some people adapt better but yeah it's been it's been a lot of um people coming up jesus your story is so like like mine and that's the way i feel you know your stories help me talk to someone and your stories help my brother my sister or anyone you know so yeah it's been it's been incredible and you know i, I don't think i've come down off understanding what has has done for people either like you know well, I said to you in that interview in October, this is going to be your life now. You're going to have people coming up to you, I think, for the next 20, 30 years on the back of that book. How do you find those interactions? Do you, because I'm sure, you know, you could stay and talk to someone for half an hour if they make a revelation to you like that about their own life or about their own struggles. And equally, you probably need to just get the milk and get home to the kids. So uh, yeah. how do you find those interactions? Exactly. You know, people say, I don't want to your your time i just say your book was amazing it helped me a lot um you know then some people might start to open up 
and I would just tell him that's that's great and I, there's no advice I can give you I just told my story I'm, I'm not a professional I'd love to help you and that was all I can do is tell you go talk to a professional and they'll, they'll be able to help you you know but usually they're they're, they're short and sweet and people just saying thanks very much really like you know for, yeah. for telling my story almost a, a brief moment of connection and yeah exactly exactly like you know it's um it's amazing like taps on the shoulder mm. anywhere and people just say i just like say thanks for writing your book it's been a great help wow that's a long way from the guy who was kind of embarrassed that was your word to make some of the revelations isn't it yeah exactly and you know it's sometimes still a bit embarrassed and you know the labeling of the bipolar and all that that's that kind of sits in my head as well it's, maybe it's just me but people people knowing that about me now is is quite daunting like you know but I suppose I just have to get on with it as you said it's going to be a part of my life and just think I've done I've done a, a good thing rather than I suppose a bad thing looking at it as a negative really you know is it daunting because you're naturally a very private person or is it that you just don't want to be defined yeah, in that way, referred to in that way? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Referred to in that way. But, you know, that, that's that's what comes with it. Like, there's nothing I can do about that. That's my own issues as well. Like, you know, and there's times during the week, it's way worse. And there's times I'm, I'm happier than it. Like, you know, and that's that's what it's all about, isn't it? Like, it's it's the constant ups and downs mm. for, for everyone, really. Like, you know. Uh, in the last number of months, for instance, and, and you've had your fair share of niggly injuries, it seems, kind of a stop-start season, does that make your mental health more difficult or how have you been? Yeah, it would, it would have years ago, but it's it's given me a chance to, I look at it now as giving me a chance, for, like happening for a reason, giving me a chance to to better myself in some other area. You know, I've obviously the coffee that took off, you know, and doing a lot of stuff now through breath work and, and meditation and all that, trying to even go go further again. Um, so, yeah, I, I've looked at it as a positive and, you know, now that I'm, I'm, I'm back playing, I'm, I'm delighted. But, yeah, it has been stop-start, but hopefully I can get a good run in now in the next couple of months. Remind me of the coffee situation. I know you were interested in it and, and, and going into business in it. So what's been happening there? Yeah, so basically I've opened a coffee roastery in Limerick and I have a little espresso bar attached to it as well. And um, yeah, people are coming in, buying coffees. And, Good. you know, I've, I've worked, uh, when I was injured, I've, I've worked a full day as a barista inside there. So it's um, it's quite unique. It's, it's I suppose it's, it's showing me the world outside of rugby as well and, and what's to come. And, you know, it's it's a great thing to keep you, I suppose, nice, nice and grounded as well, like, you know. Um, Obviously, rugby is a, a unique world that, in a couple of, whenever this is over for me, that, you know, I'm not, I'm not shocked. I know what has to come. What's the coffee shop called? 1114. 1114 Coffee Roasters. So what's the, the, would you have worn 11 and 14? Is that the logic? Correct. Okay. Very yeah. good. Very good. Mm-hmm. Slightly less egotistical than calling it Keith Earls's. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so we, when we spoke in uh, October, the November internationals were, were just a, ahead of you and then Six Nations has come and gone. 
like for instance the opener against Wales you would have been in line I think to be on the bench for that game and, and hopefully make your 97th appearance and then injury struck hamstring injury are you uh, very cognizant of that milestone is that number 100 just kind of uh, would love to get that boxed off is that a big thing for you no it's not it's not and uh, yeah the, it would be nice but it's not it's not the main thing you know, I know I do say in the book as well it would be great to hit 100 but if I don't hit 100 it's not going to be one thing things that's going to annoy me for the rest of my life um, um, but yeah I haven't yeah obviously even even the week at the English game people are like oh this this should have been your 100 cap and I'm like yeah it's like well that's well, that's just life um, mm. you know hopefully you know even if I went on tour in the summer I could think I could potentially get to 99 if I played in the three tests like you know so it's yeah it's just a number but I tell you, I would have been preferred to be lifting a triple crown and being around the lads more than concentrating on a hundred caps. Everything seems like it's in a really good place with Ireland. I noted Andy Farrell after one of the games. I think he was talking about James Lowe, but really he's talking about uh, wingers generally. He was saying he doesn't like tidy wingers. He wants wingers now to come off their wing, get involved in the play. Lowe does it. I think we saw Mac Hansen in that Welsh game. It worked a treat for the Ringrose try. Uh, is that right up your street? Is that music to your ears? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, we we had certain game plans over the years where a winger was, had to be a winger, and yeah, it was it was a great relief. It is a great relief to hear that. Um, you know, because I suppose that's been probably been the downfall of my game, or not downfall of my game, but it's something that you know I thought would be there naturally, um, and I've concentrated on my defence a lot more over the years, and I've probably taken away from that side of my game. Which hopefully when the lungs come back in the next game or two that I'll be able to get off the, the wing like the lads, you know, because there's a lot more running now and it's 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 a different kind of fitness. Um yeah, so it is, yeah. The lads, you know, the lads are flying it. I think wingers in Ireland in general are absolutely flying it at the moment, like you know, so it's um it's great to see. Yeah. I'm sure like when you're seeing Balakun do his thing in Toulouse, you're thinking, bloody how how many Hey, wingers are knocking around here. The lads have to get to 100. Everyone chill out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's, I suppose that keeps trying, makes me be on my toes as well. Like, how can I have to find a way now to start scoring bloody hat-tricks and to lose? Yeah, no easy thing. Uh, so in terms of coming off your wing, like in certain instances, it looks like, um, I guess, pre-programmed, you know, off a line out, maybe that Hanson one being an example. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you judge, say, more in open, unstructured play, do you know what I fancy a cut inside here? Is that just based on an instinct or a shout or years of experience? Or or maybe you don't know. Maybe it's a gamble. Yeah, it's, it's an instinct is at, uh, a lot of the time. But a lot of the time you do your analysis on a team and, you know, you see what kind of personnel are around certain areas of field and you might go picking him and you have to look there or forwards, get a bit of momentum. Can I take the momentum there or just looking for space in general? And communicate with your 10 um, tell them where you are or, or if you're playing with Johnny he'll tell you where to go so it's um, yeah it's so much it's probably a bit of everything really like yeah. the, as you said there the days of wingers just standing on the wing um, are gone you know a lot of them are turning into ball players now and creating so much um, and they're expected to create as well in, in Andy Farrell's eyes, which is which is a great thing. So would you spend the majority of your career in, in the mould of you're a winger, stay out wide, we'll get the ball to you, that's the deal? 
Yeah, yeah, you hold him weight or you might, you know, there was a stage there we we turned into rocking rocking it quite a bit as well, like, you know, which 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 you still have to do. Um you know, yeah, a winger, like in general, a winger wasn't just under certain coaches, a winger's job is stay in the wing, but you know, when you look at like say James Lowe and a lot of these lads, you know, wingers these days are quite big. And you're not like a hybrid forward. Um, you know, you see wingers running off nine a lot now and, and get momentum. So yeah, it's just about figuring out what your strengths are, like what what Balakoon and you know Conway and Zebo and James Lowe do, Jimmy O'Brien is it's different to what what I do. It's about finding your strengths and I fall into that trap of trying to copy fellas for years. So um yeah, it's about I suppose getting better. Eineken Chairman's Cup very much upon us here in the midst of this uh, first second leg uh, tie with Exeter. So thirteen points to eight, a deficit going into Thomond on Saturday. Munster were down six, seven first teamers uh, through one way or another ahead of the game last week, and ten nil down at half time. It was looking a, a touch iffy. In the end, five point deficit, albeit against thirteen men for the last fifteen minutes. So there's kind of lots of mitigation there on both sides. How did you feel on the flight home, thinking about the game? Yeah, it was. It was as you said there. It was. It was a, it was a completely weird game, especially in the first half. We we just didn't turn up at all. Mm. First half, physically, we didn't turn up. Um, Can I interrupt you on that one? How does that happen? You might, like all the prep, all the build up, knockout season building up to this. Twenty yeah. minutes in, you must be thinking, how does this happen? Yeah, I'd love to know. Yeah, it'd be great if we <laughs> we could figure it out. Yeah, it's just certain lads, I suppose. You know, I don't know if it's it's if it's pressure. Um, flats were, I think, I was certainly a small bit too relaxed. Um, you know, but then you look across the room and some fellas like like crippled with nerves. But um, yeah, I suppose you know, lose like Jack was unbelievable the weekend leading the team. When you when you look at, you know, we lost a lot of you know, I suppose if you want to call them first first team players or missing a lot of lads like. That would have an effect and there's only so much like Jack and and the leaders can say, like, you know, um it's easier when it's a full strength team, the fellas can figure out in their own heads. But um yeah, it was just the basics for us, you know, the rock, uh, physicality, um left us down because when we did up it in the second half, you know, we did have exit under pressure. We kinda because we started, we started poorly, and again, we could have lost by thirteen. Again, we could have won by thirty times, like you know. So, yeah, just you know, we went back to basics. You now this week, and concentrate on um, you know extra sort uh, of physical side or forwards. They're all about momentum, you know, great backline. So, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be another interesting one, and we can't have the start we had um, last Saturday. This Saturday. Mm. You made a great tackle on Ollie Woodburn and, you know, you've talked in the book, for instance, and elsewhere that you've really prided yourself on your defensive reads and you, you come to kind of respect the craft of defence. So I suspect you do enjoy those moments and they are big moments. I mean, that that is kind of a tie changing tackle. So you spotted the danger quite early there, I would think. Yeah, they, you know, they were breaking us quite a bit on that move um, every time they ran it against us and... Just reading Mike Haley, really, like, you know, if he, if he has to close, then you get on your bike. Um, you know, the first, the short hog try, 
reckon that was a small bit too narrow that maybe if I was a couple of steps more over that potentially would have got him but he's quick so I made sure that that we're kind of catching us on the edge a small bit that our blind wingers need to work that a small bit harder to I suppose give Mike confidence and then you know cover cover and tackle as well yeah um, do you yeah, do um, sorry, sorry excuse me yeah no it was great great work on Chris Harrell as well like you know who you know who's defending the middle field and managed to get back there as well like you know so um, it was good to add his 110 12 kg to the, the division <laughs> It seems every game now there's a sending off or certainly a sin binning. So you had 13 men for the last quarter. Do you do much work as a as a group on what do we do against 14 and what do we do even against 13? Because I'm sure you would have had the sense when you saw two in the sin bin. Geez, if we just put the ball through the hands here and stretch them, we'll get in. And yeah. it's often not proving as easy to do that as it should as it sounds in theory. Yeah, you know yourself when a team, how many teams in the past have gone on to 14 men and, you know, did just up their performance, like, you know, and and, and that has been the frustrating thing about it when Exeter were down to 14 and 13, we created so much and we didn't take them chances. We could have we could have walked in a couple of times, like, you know, but for whatever reason, the, the ball didn't come. Um, yeah, we... I suppose ourselves, if we go down to 14 or 13, we do practice different scenarios like midfield scrums and where personnel would be. Or if one hooker was injured, another hooker was sin-binned, who throws in the line out and all that. So you kind of, yeah. as you say, there's knockouts, they rugby now and you have to cover everything, even though it might look a small bit negative. But, you know, that sense of calm, then something did happen the weekend. You're like, we did this during the week, so, you know. You can get on with it. What's Graham Roundtree going to be like as a head coach? Yeah, that's going to, it's going to be quite interesting. Do you know, like Graham, he's got a phenomenal relationship with all of us. Um, he's a great man. So he's come from a club that is quite like Munster, you know. Um, in in Leicester, he knows what Munster is about. He's played against them for years. He knows what the supporters are about. Since he's come over, he's indulged himself in Limerick culture and Munster culture like you know he'd be down in West Clare and Le Hinch and Kilkeen all these places he, so yeah he's indulged and, and he loves it that's the thing and he loves the people and, and the people love him as well like you know because he is a he's a, he's a humble uh, passionate lad as well Are you um, a touch frustrated with how it's gone over the last six, seven, eight years with regard to the lack of stability the turnover of coaches, betting in a new coaching ticket, then off again, and then new coaching ticket, and you look over up the road. Leinster have had, you know, two coaches have brought them through a decade effectively. Uh, Peter Manny said the other week, "Not ideal," which seemed like a very, very polite way, I think, of of how he might put it. Otherwise, I suspect um, it, it can't be what you would have wanted for your, you know, this part of your career, these peak years. Yeah, no, yeah, it's been. As Pete said, it hasn't been ideal. Like no. the amount, the amount of staff we've gone through. Um, you know, every second year trying to learn a whole new philosophy or something different. It's, it's it is tough to do, and you know, across any kind of sport, there isn't too many new coaches that comes in and it clicks straight away. Either like you know, it takes a year or two to 
embed their philosophy and, and understand the players and get the whole dynamic right. Um, so yeah, quite it's quite frustrating, but that's that's sport for you. Yeah, professional sport, I guess. You know, Johan yeah. Grand gets a good offer; he's entitled to look after his family, and there's no mm-hmm. um, there's no yeah. loyalty beyond contract, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, exactly. Um, how's your body feeling? Like, do you? Um, a last question. I, I I hate to use the or word or to you know because it's 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 ageism, and you'll be sick of these kind of questions. But do do the does a season like this with the stop start nature of things and the the soft tissue injuries do they make you think more? Oh, geez, maybe the body's giving me signs here more than it might when you were twenty eight and having exactly the same injuries. Or how are you feeling? Yeah, obviously it's just natural when you get older. It's um, you're going to feel that more sore or stiffer. The hamstring, you know, the hamstring that happened back in February was, I suppose, like. It wasn't something that was always niggling. It was just a thing that happened in a run, you know, the hamstring. So, you know, I've cleared, I've cleared up a lot of niggles. That's that's the thing. Um, but, yeah, the body's in a good place now at the moment. It is in a very good place. And, um, like, see, like, obviously, I'm out of contract at the end of the season. And I suppose I'll just have to keep my cards close to my chest for that one, Joe, if you don't mind me. No, that's fair. Listen, absolutely, absolutely. Listen, once you're able to breathe again playing rugby, I think you're... uh... (laughs) It makes it a lot easier, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it does. Uh, Thanks so much for coming on. Um, So again, just to give it a mention, Keith Darrells, he's he's on today because at the Moiros Youth Academy, they're launching the McDonald's Youth Opportunity Ireland programme. So this is a a two-year employment and skills partnership with the Irish Youth Foundation and uh, right across the country, different uh, youth organisations giving specialised training for 2,000 young people. And so Moy Ross is one of those areas where that's happening. So uh, a great initiative. Uh, very, best look of week, uh, very best of luck at the weekend on uh, Saturday. Keith Earls, thanks so much. Cheers. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me.